0: at Tires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much.
1: Jaden Launderville, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me out. How are you doing? I'm doing
0: great. Hey, uh, you know, I talked to some of your, your friends and they were uh, a little worried that maybe we couldn't get this to go because you're, you're generally pretty quiet.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't not a huge talker. So,
0: well, now you're on a talk show, so we'll see how we can make this thing work out for you. Um, how did pleasure pleasure Valley go for you?
1: Um, overall pleasure Valley went pretty decent, not really how I wanted it to go, though we can start it off with my first, um, production a moto. We, it rained a lot the night before. So my first race was a complete mud race and I had to pull my goggles like second lap, had a really bad start too. So that didn't really help. Came out at the end about like fourth. So that one kind of recovered pretty decent from that. And then my next moto was pro sport. And in that one, I came out second in the whole shot, was right on Adam Ulrich. He was, he. me and him were keeping a pretty good uh, pace the whole race and he ended up crashing. So I got by him. And took the Moto 1 victory in pro sport. And then uh, Moto 2 pro sport. Didn't really go as planned. I didn't have a good start. Worked my way up to fourth. And if I would have stayed there, I would have had second overall, I'm pretty sure. So, I don't know. Kind of made a mistake trying to get past uh, third. So, I would have had the win if I got past third. But made a mistake. Spun out. Got passed by um, Dane Molander. And then I was trying to pass him and the track was super, super tough to pass. So couldn't really make a pass stick on him. So ended up, I think, fourth overall in that one. And then my production A-Moto, or um, 450 A-Moto rather, um, I came out both third in the whole shot, pass up to first by like the second or third lap, and then pretty much um, was gone from there. And then on Sunday at uh, Pleasure Valley, my first production A moto, where I placed fourth the day prior, I got a decent start, about fourth, and then came through the pack, passed up to first, and kind of just checked out from there. But I only had um a four one finish, so I had second overall, so didn't get the win in that one. And then, but you good overall in the pro sport. Pro sport, I got um fourth overall it was a four-way tie I'm pretty sure for first so kind of didn't get too lucky with that one so
0: uh one more place forward and you get the overall
1: yep yep
0: Do, do they separate the points for you uh for an overall do you get more points for an overall than you do second
1: uh yes so the way that works is so it's different than the pros, because the pros, it's a two-modo format. But like if, let's say, Joel wins a first moto, he gets 25 points that moto. And then if he wins a second one, he gets an additional 25 points. And for us, it's both motos combined. So we only get 25 um, points for both motos.
0: For the win, right? Yep. Yep. Okay, I understand. So first, second, third, fourth, however they break it down, that's how the points are. Yeah. So you got a fourth and a first. Or a fir- fourth and a second.
1: Fourth and a second. And then my um third one, uh 450A. I pulled the whole shot. I was super stoked about that because had been too good on my whole shots and then threw it away second lap. Almost crashed, went off the track. Um second place got by me. So I was in second then and then couldn't make a pass stick. So took second overall in on that one. Not really what I was looking for, but it was a decent point stay at least.
0: How are you sitting in all those classes? and points?
1: Um, pro sport. I think I'm third right now. I was sitting second and with, the uh, kind of fortunate luck that I had at pleasure Valley, I dropped back position and then, um, production a, I'm, I think one, to like 5 points behind first and i was way further cuz i had really bad luck the beginning of this year with some motor problems and a uh, slight like crash at Ironman and then um uh 458 that one i'm i'm leading i think i have like a 30 point lead in that one so i'm i'm doing pretty good in that one nice nice yeah
0: so how did you get into ATV racing.
1: Um my dad he raced snowcross up by Austin Wisconsin for 10 years way before I was born though and um he he always liked that a lot but he was sick of the cold so he wanted to do a warmer sport he's like oh like let's try ATV motocross so he got me just a little a little one from like China or something wasn't too good or anything, but I really liked it. Had a lot of fun on it. And then we got something a little better. And I went to a local race, um, gravity park. And I raced locals there for about three years before I raced my first national at sunset. And I did pretty good there. I took third overall. And when I took third there, my dad was like, okay, like maybe, maybe he's Better than just um, winning local races. Maybe you can do it nationally. So then the next year after that, we started doing more and more. And then it kind of just grew into what it is now running the whole series, having a lot of fun at it, doing what I love. So yeah.
0: Have you done anything else other than motocross? Have you tried any cross country stuff or anything like that?
1: Yeah. Um, I tried Ironman probably two three years back but I I don't know I just got super um excited because for motocross it's only like 15-20 minutes not not two hours like GNCC so I kind of just went out of the start super like excited and ready to go hit a tree like second corner and then had to get off pull it back caught up to first tried passing for the lead and hit another tree and that's all in like 15 minutes into the race i broke my front tire off so yeah um cross country is not really my thing but hoping to do ironman this year and possibly the heartland challenge
0: well the heartland challenge sounds fun
1: yeah yeah me and some buddies really want to do it so we're we're hoping hoping we can make it work
0: do you do in the heartland challenge do you ride a wide bike or a narrow bike
1: we're not sure. We've never done it before, so we got to figure all that stuff out, but we're, I think I'm just going to run a stock bike, a stock Yamaha, just leave it as it is, so it they're super reliable and stuff, so hopefully, hopefully that works out good.
0: Well, that's cool. That's cool. I hope you have a good time on that one. Good, good <laughs> luck. Um, as you rolled into the Nationals, d- did you, do you play any other sports? Because I know that you're Probably two heads taller than every kid that you race with, and that being said, you know Joe Bird is six four, six five. Chad Weenen six four. You're in that ballpark height wise, so th- that's good company to be in because those guys right there—that's ten championships combined. Um, so that means that your height can be used to, to win races. Um, have you played basketball, soccer, <laughs> football,
1: anything? Um, I played a little bit of basketball in grade school, but once I got to, and I was I wasn't good then. I was super uncoordinated, not not as coordinated as I am now. But um, it I never could really make it work, kind of just tripping all over the place, you know. And then once I got to high school, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to race motocross. Like that's it. I'm I'm done with basketball. So that was my those are my other years of playing sports. And no done.
0: other, no other sports, huh? That's, that's crazy. Um, when you think about your career in motocross, what's your long-term goal?
1: Well, this is, might be a long shot or whatever, but I'm really hoping to win a pro championship and go pro in the next few years. Just take my time getting up to pro, not to push it too soon and kind of ruin my career that way just getting into the pro class too soon so kind of just take my time going up to there and then once I get pro hopefully hopefully win a championship and you're how old again I'm 17
0: and what grade are you in
1: I'm gonna be a senior this year
0: so you just finished your junior year and your role (laughs) in your senior year wow you're still young that's yeah so if you win the production A class and the 450A class and let's say finish on the podium of the pro sport, is that gonna catapult you into the pro am class and the pro sport class next year?
1: Yep. Yep. That's uh plans for next year, pro sport and pro am. So I'm really excited to race both those classes next year and possibly the year after, depending how I do in uh pro sport and pro am next year, possibly go pro after that, but it all depends on how I do next year and how I feel. So, I'm not going to push it or set anything in stone too soon.
0: Well, there's some of the guys in the pro sport class and the pro am class. that are they're kind of veterans to those classes, even though they're still young guys. Um, they've been there one, two, three years. You know, how do you feel that you're doing? Because you bang bars with those guys, and you can go out and beat them some days and some days not. So, so how do you feel you that you're you're, you're stacking up?
1: pretty decent not exactly where I want to be obviously want to be first but Brett Brett's so consistent and super fast and he's been in that class for a long time so he's super um smart that way so I think I'm overall doing pretty decent but not exactly where I want to be
0: and Brett is a former pro rider have you spoken to him at all about some of the things that you need to know
1: um not too much. I've spoken to him a lot. He's a super nice guy, super good, but, um, he's, he's got his start style and I know I need to work on those if I want to be running up front. And, um, he seems to have really, really good endurance and he can push and stay at consistent speed the entire race.
0: That's something that's really, really important to be a pro. You got to be able to do it for a longer period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Do, Do you have a trainer or a coach
1: Oh yeah. I have a trainer. We work out every other day. And then, um, I try to road bike a lot now. And then, um, usually after my workouts, I'll try to ride. We have a track, um, here at home and I try to ride there at least, at least three to four times a week, but just seeing what we can make work.
0: When you say you like to road bike, your bigger frame on a road bike, it's a big, huge air dam. So that means you work twice as hard as yeah. most of the people. Do you ride with somebody smaller than you?
1: Uh, no, sir. I only ride with myself, which kind of sucks, but I'd like to ride with some more people. But I really just have been road biking too long. So just not not pushing it too hard with other people yet. So.
0: But well, it's great for expanding your lungs. I think yeah. Yeah. that riding bicycles is just a phenomenal way to get in shape. Um, if you'd asked me that question 10 years or so ago, I probably wouldn't have told you that answer because you have almost have to go out and experience it yourself. And just the way you feel after you road bike or even mountain bike with your lungs that that it seems like your lungs get bigger. You can breathe easier. It's just, it's just such a a better way to walk through life.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Like getting up to, um, some longer motos during the races, like pro-am and pro sport, and even pro in a few years, you really have to work on endurance and just staying calm, keeping a low heart rate and everything to make you be able to last those long motos.
0: Do you watch any other forms of motorsports, like any other kind of racing?
1: Um, I really, really like downhill mountain bikes. Like, I love watching all that stuff. I'm a pretty big mountain biker, and um, I like outdoor, like motocross, dirt bike side. I like supercross, all that stuff. I really enjoy watching.
0: Who's your guy in supercross?
1: <sighs> Ooh, I like Anderson. Just the way he rides just lets it all hang out. I love that. It's awesome. How about outdoor? Outdoors, I'd say Anderson too. Anderson or um Chase. Nice. Yeah.
0: Those are those are two guys. Do you watch the 250 class as much?
1: Um, I do, but ha- haven't really been watching it that much. I've been so busy with everything else. But in those classes, I'd say Jet. I like Jet a lot.
0: Yeah, him and his brother are freaking on on fire, aren't they?
1: Oh yeah. Just I think uh his brother's got the number 1 plate now so go and uh Uh
0: yeah what happened in the last round I did, I I didn't catch I didn't catch the race and I didn't catch the article either so I don't know what happened
1: I'm pretty sure it was a mechanical failure on a Jet because his bike just he he stopped and then had to push it back so that allowed uh Joe Shimoda to get the overall
0: Oh that's heartbreaking Yeah
1: yeah Did
0: he, did he win the first yeah he won the first moto and then got 35th
1: yeah yeah crazy
0: that that hurt well at least his brother's got the point lead you know so that's that's not that
1: bad yeah that makes it a little better but
0: yeah so anybody's gonna beat you your brother better than than somebody else right
1: yeah yeah
0: do you watch any other like any other motorsports stuff like any of the road bike stuff uh street bikes anything like that
1: um up by us a really big thing or uh, thing that's really big is the off-road truck side, like the short course. Uh, my dad, he's really big into that, um, with Crandon being up by us and we got a side by side, hopefully, hopefully I'll race that later this year at Crandon. So, um, really that, that stuff really excites me to go and watch just cause how many people are there and how fast they are. It's insane.
0: You, do you ever see yourself maybe driving a truck?
1: Hopefully, after my ATV career is kind of done, once I get a little older, um, I'd really enjoy that, because riding in the side-by-side, it just feels so much safer, I guess, than um, on a quad. So, for when I get older, you know, a little safer and stuff, but for sure, I could see myself doing that.
0: Well, let's talk about this for a second. You're 17 years old, and... Most of your guys that are racing uh, in in most forms, uh, the age is coming down a little bit, but you got Bo Barron on the West coast. That's working on his 10th title. He's going to be 41. Chad Weenan's 37. Yeah. When Doug Eichner was racing, he retired at almost 50. Yeah. And he was a pro and he was a (laughs) full time champion. Yeah. I mean, he was in his, he was deep into his forties when he retired, and other champions have been, you know, you know, uh, Denton was 38. So if you look at this, you have 20 plus years, more to race.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a uh, really exciting thinking, think of how much longer I can do it for racing, um, the nationals. So really excited about how much longer and further I can go in this journey, I guess.
0: So you ride a production YFZ 450R? Yep. Have you ridden any of the hybrid stuff or have you ever thought about going that way?
1: Um in the 250 class, um I won uh three championships on a um uh it was a 2020 CRF 250. The bike was super super fast. We had it dialed in perfect and um we were thinking that could possibly the way be the way that we were gonna go for the 450 class. So we threw a um CRF four, 450 motor in, and um I don't know I didn't I like it. It had super good power, but it was never ne- never perfect. So I couldn't really see myself racing one. And then once we got on the Yamaha, me being a taller and bigger guy, it really helped just um the whole geometry and everything of it. They corner awesome. They go down um, super rough stuff, super good. So all that stuff really helped me out with the uh, um, Yamaha.
0: Do you have to put a special steering stem in it for your height or do you run a, 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 a standard like plus one like most
1: people do? Yep. I run a plus one. Um, it never really bothers me with my riding style. I've tried to run higher bars, but just whenever I lean back, just wheelies instead of staying low and keeping the front on the ground. So. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have too much leverage with a taller bar being as as tall as I am.
0: That's probably, that's probably true to a point. Yeah. Um, When you work with your trainer, is he also your, your riding coach or is he just training you to be in better physical condition?
1: He's just training me to be in um, medical, better physical condition. And um, there's a place in town. They got a bunch of trainers. So my dad just, one of his buddies actually owns a place. So he called him and said, do you have anyone that can like help us out? This was, uh, probably three, four years back. And he's like, yeah, I got the perfect guy for you. And this guy, he's so smart. He does his research and puts in the time with me and makes, makes it all happen.
0: That's so cool. That's so cool. I I mean, you go from my era when, when training was, uh, drinking beer and going riding, you know, I mean, it, it, it's not even on the same level. Uh, we, we've we always been athletes, you know, so when we played football, we knew to lift weights. When we, when we raced, you know, you, you ran a little bit, you know, maybe some sit-ups and some push-ups, uh, but the training technology has gotten so good. And these guys are getting so smart with being able to expand your lungs and increase your endurance. It's, it, it's pretty phenomenal industry.
1: Oh yeah. It's crazy how far they've come since no back in uh, your time when you raced, as you said, like just drinking beer and then going out and riding to now it's like you have to eat good. You have to um, work out all the time. You have to train, you have to ride all that just goes a long way. Cause the, next guys that you're racing against, they're, they're doing it and they're bettering themselves that way. So everyone has to do it if they want to be the best.
0: Yeah. I was just, uh, I just had a, a show. I taped with Ricky Johnson, uh, uh, and a 90 nineties motocross guy. And, and, um, he was telling us a little bit about his training and it was mostly riding. You know, there wasn't, yeah. a lot of, there wasn't a lot of anything else in there, just a lot of riding. Some road bike stuff, but not not like today.
1: Oh yeah. It's crazy. And those guys back then, they were nuts. They were so fast. And seeing seeing how fast they could be and how long they could ride for back then also compared to the guys now, like the guys now can ride for a super long time and stuff. And back then, when they're on like CR five hundreds, those things were crazy fast, like nuts. And like, you know, now the four fifties, they're they're crazy fast too. So seeing how all that kind of works together, is pretty amazing.
0: I think the guys today got it easy because they have shorter motos with better suspension and groomed tracks.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, everything that goes into it, like their suspension, their, all the mechanics they have, they can get the bikes. Perfect. I'm guessing back then they had a lot of it, but wasn't as, wasn't as nice as nowadays. <laughs>
0: Um yeah, they had some really cool stuff and they did from what Ricky told us, they did some good stuff back then, but you got to figure the technology on the shocks and the forks wasn't what it is today. I mean, you figure the the 30 years of knowledge that's been gained since he rode. Um, the only thing is, is most people don't realize they didn't groom the track.
1: Yeah, that's that's nuts. Thinking about how rough the tracks get with us just not grooming the tracks back then. That'd be, that'd be so gnarly. Just having to ride a insanely rough track. Like look at the guys, um, in the Moto GPs, um, overseas, like how rough their tracks are too and how gnarly it is compared to over here. Like it gets rough, but I don't think as rough as over there.
0: We used to have this track. I I said this in one of the past episodes, Carlsbad rapesway And they would turn the sprinklers on and it would only get a couple sections. Yeah. A couple sections would be muddy in practice and the rest of it would be slick hard pack. Oh yeah. And, and, and there was no tractors there. There was no, nobody, you know, draining the water off in the muddy section. That first moto had mud holes in it. And the second moto was hard pack, dry blue groove, you know, and no, never the bumps. Yeah. They were always different every time you rode.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Back then, you know, everyone just rode what they had. The tracks that they were given, they rode, no matter what. And now you see, like, some people complaining, oh, the track's getting too rough and stuff. But look look at them back then. They did it, so we should be able to do it, too.
0: Yeah, I, I you know, I've had a lot of experience with the West Coast with the work series. And I listened to some of the guys on on Saturday morning, you know, or or uh Sunday morning complaining that this is gonna happen or that's gonna happen. I'm thinking you race off-road. It's yeah difficult, hard, natural terrain. You're not supposed to be on a freeway.
1: Oh yeah. You know, off-road and even motocross too, it's like it's motocross. It's going to get rough. It's gonna get gnarly. Just just deal with it, ride it. It's gonna be fun. So it's what you want to do.
0: Well, think about the Woods guys. They don't get any grooming.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> they race, they race a two hour race in front of them <laughs> with, with all those different machines, the four by four, the women weather the fast guys, and then they get to go race on it.
1: Oh yeah. And them, they have hundreds of people out there. So yep. every time they're going through, it's like, Oh, this was the line I took before, but now there's like six to eight other lines over here. Like just, just crazy, like crazy how it gets for them.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, it's it, it. I've never raced a woods race. I got to go to Blackwater when Bob Sloan was racing, and he we rode motorcycles around the track before they did the dam put the dams in and dammed up all the water. All this stuff. Yeah, so yeah, it, it's I have never even seen a true woods track because when you go ride it before that's dude's trail riding. That's no big deal. What's the, what's yeah. The, yeah. What are you excited about? And afterwards the deep ruts and the rocks and the tree ruts, it tree roots and all that. It, it, it's crazy. So you got to take your hat off to those cross country guys. They are, they are brutal.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. It's crazy how long they ride and you know, the pace that they keep the entire race, how hard they push. And it could be two hours of battling the same person, just going, at it with them like that's gnarly crazy.
0: Oh yeah they're super fast too. You know in the old days the cross country guys would come and race motocross and the motocross guys would go and race cross country.
1: Really? Yeah. There was yeah. a lot
0: of, there was a lot of crossover.
1: <laughs> yeah that'd be really fun to do. That's why this year I'm gonna try to do Iron Man and maybe if there's another one somewhere in there try to race one more because I just like riding like anything. Going to ride woods is super fun. Riding moto is fun, just riding's fun in general.
0: If Iron Man with no rain is probably the best one to do, don't you think?
1: Oh yeah. And the year I raced Iron Man, it downpoured so bad. So it was it was terrible. But hopefully this year when I race Ironman, Man, it, it it'll be dry, hopefully. Cause I feel like that'd be super fun.
0: You know, the season's not going in your favor with with rain, you know that.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. Every every race this year we've had rain. Everyone. The only one that I don't know if you really count it was Texas, but it still rained the night before um I think Sunday race, Sunday or Saturday racing. So mm-hmm. it's it still rained, but oh I've had a mud moto at almost every race so far.
0: Did it rain at Briarcliff?
1: Yep. It rained Saturday night into Sunday. And then my first moto was a really bad mud race but um jeremy over at Briarcliff, he had the track packed in and groomed and perfect for when the rain came for the water to just kind of run off so he had he had it he knew what he was doing there that's good that's good yeah Uh,
0: what used to make me mad when i was back there doing it is we knew that storm was coming it's it's a guarantee that it's going to rain and he, all the, everybody, the pros, the amateurs, everybody's screaming at the promoter, don't till it, don't till it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then they go out and till it.
1: Yeah, that's that's always the worst when they till it because then it's just deep mud. It's yeah. not, it's nothing but mud. It's, it's always terrible. Yeah, it's just, uh, the, you,
0: there's dirt guys and then there's guys that understand. It. I think that they're starting to understand more and more um, but the cost of the machines and, and just what the mud does to everything, it just
1: destroys it, you know? Oh yeah. It, it destroys everything and you know cleaning it, replacing parts, all that stuff takes time in between races and time and money is, is a lot in this sport. So it's exactly. kind of sucks when it rains.
0: Where's your favorite place to race?
1: Um, probably, um, Unadilla, I really love that place. Just a high speed hard pack tracks. It's just like riding um, back home in my place and every or not everywhere, but a lot of places in Wisconsin are hard pack. So that's what I'm really used to riding. And then I really like red bud also.
0: And, and you guys race red bud here shortly, don't you?
1: It's the next race. I think it's in two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks it is.
0: Wow. I know that's changed since I've been there. Um, gosh, I can't even remember. Was it 96 or 97 is the last time since I've been there.
1: Yeah. It's changed a lot throughout the years, actually. Like the first, the first time I raced there, um, the, the, even the start moved from the first time I raced there. So it's, it's way different.
0: Well, you weren't even born the last time I was
1: born. Oh yeah, I would have been born then.
0: <laughs> I was talking to uh, Blair Miller and oh, yeah. he, he didn't realize that I spent multiple seasons back, you know, at the Nationals working when it was TT motocross and uh, oh yeah. A lot of people have forgotten because it's been, you know, 20 plus years since since I've done that. So uh, I got a, I got a kick out of it when he, you did what really? Uh, yeah. You, you do realize that we didn't start the industry.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I remember just hearing like, I forget who it was from. I think it was possibly, uh, Jeremiah Jones who was telling us like th- this is when I first heard it that they did like TT, um, motocross and it was like kind of like a combined series like you'd race both of them and like that's crazy to think that you know the top guys of both would race motocross and tt.
0: Well the finals used to be um like Thursday Friday would be TT at Loretta's and Saturday Sunday would be
1: the motocross in the same weekend. Yeah really I I didn't know that that's that's insane.
0: Yes. Yeah, so you'd bring your TT bike and your motocross bike. And the guys, some of us had to convert our motocross bikes into TT bikes and then our uh, back, then back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's nuts thinking you have to use, like, or you have to like learn the TT track and the motocross same weekend and then race both of them. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool.
0: They'd get the TT program out of the way and then they would do the motocross program. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. at a facility that didn't really have a traditional TT track. They made it, and they figured it out. Oh, sure. But it was always good racing. Yeah. Where, where else do you, would you like to see them go that I know you haven't been doing the nationals a lot, but are there any tracks that they don't do that you'd like to see them do?
1: Um, one that's really close to me is Millville. We always went to that place, and um, I really wish we could go back there. And Unadilla, it's not on the schedule this year. Really like that place. So th- those two tracks would be really, really awesome if they could get them back. Yeah? Yep.
0: I, have, I asked this to all of the young guys, and um, you probably have heard me mention it. Do you think that the uh, pro stock class is a good idea?
1: Um, me, I really liked it. Um, the idea of it. Um, I that's what I was gonna race this year. I was gonna race pro sport and pro stock, but then we found out. Um, they kind of dropped the class. But if they would ever bring it back, I'd really like to race that. I think it'd be super fun.
0: I think all of the young guys that are even thinking about going pro, that is the smartest thing that you could do, is to roll into that class and whether you could it's a perfect measuring stick oh yeah it lets you adapt to riding with you know because you're a fan you watch joel hedrick race you watch chad weenan race you watch nick janusa and the fords and so you're a fan you're not just another racer that you've been watching these guys and rooting for whoever or whatever and, and seeing them do great things and the first time you you know start next to joel hetrick you're going to be nervous
1: oh yeah for sure and um even with the pro stock class it's going to be such a great learning experience for us just to see how hard they uh push for that long and their pace try to keep it it'd be such a good learning experience for all us young guys going into that class learn the pace learn kind of what everything is about how they race in pro class before we get pro i feel like that'd be uh a really good learning experience for all of us.
0: I do too. I wish you guys, I wish all you young guys would get together and petition whoever's in charge and get them to change it or bring it back,
1: you know? Oh yeah. Hopefully, hopefully in the next few years, they bring it back and see that it it could really grow into be something really good for us.
0: Yeah. And then get the pro guys to participate too.
1: Oh yeah. Cause with pro sock class, you obviously need pro guys to race to kind of help teach us, but they're there to race also. And when, so it'd be, a, it'd be super good for all of us.
0: <laughs> this is probably sound bad and, and Chad and Joel probably wouldn't like it much, but they need to up the purse a little for that class, just to force the pro guys to race it, you know, maybe take a little money away from the pro pot. Oh yeah. The pro stocks just, just to get the numbers up, you know? Yeah. I know Yamaha, Yamaha would benefit the most out of that because they're the only game in town.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, if Suzuki ever came back or Honda or Cow, one of them, or or even if uh, you know, KTM decided they wanted to to jump in the the, the circle, it would be great because then you'd have stock machines out there going head to head. It would be a lot of fun.
1: Oh yeah, it'd be so much fun if they could get um some other industries like kawasaki ktm honda suzuki all those companies to kind of show more support maybe maybe make a new bike that's better than the one they had before to get guys on it to race a pro sock class and then to build it in a good pro bike exactly
0: let me ask you this question i want to get a little political with you here on the political on the race and not political in the country because that's like Mind-boggling. Um, yeah. Do you think that at some point, well, being that the lower classes have hybrids, do you think that you'll ever see the pro class with hybrids again?
1: Me personally, I, I honestly don't know. I kind of hope not, because you see Joel, Chad, Bryce, Max, all the top pro guys—they're running the fastest times on a production bike you don't see any of the uh, hybrid running the fastest time of the weekend. That's not a pro. So I don't know. That's kind of what I'm thinking, but if they ever do, I don't know. I think it'd be really expensive, but even with the production bikes, it's, it's crazy expensive. So I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see it again.
0: When you race pro sport and there's, um, hybrids in production. Do you think the hybrids have any advantage over you at
1: all? Um, I'd say probably just cause most of them are making more power than me. And like that helps a lot on the start that could be where I'm losing it, or it could just be cause I'm not, not too good at starts, but, um, yeah, I think it might, might be hurting me a little, but our theory and thought going into, uh, pro square pro am is get as comfortable as I can on a production bike. Cause right now that's the rules in the pro class is that it's gotta be a production bike. So get as comfortable, comfortable as I can be on one of those. And then once I go pro, I would be on that bike for that many years before I went pro. So I'd be way more comfortable and hopefully it helped me, you know, later in my racing years.
0: I, I agree. I agree with that. I really do. I think they should take and make the pro am class production as well. Yeah. as you're wanting to set these young men and young women up to be ready, then you need to put them on a production machine. Because if if let's say Dane goes out and wins the pro am title and he's on a hybrid, yeah. he's not ready to transfer over to the Pro class on a, 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 a non you know, like a production bike.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I think if they did make Pro-Am a production class, I think it really helped the guys moving into pro because then they would have like a year before they went pro of learning on a production bike before they went pro. So they'd be more comfortable on it and probably faster than if they were still on a um hybrid switching to a production bike before they went to pro.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh... Mike Walsh wants it to go hybrid because he loves building hybrids. The problem with that is he could never keep up.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. If they did go to hybrid class, it'd be, it'd be crazy insane. How many, how much stuff he'd have to be building and how busy he would be.
0: Well, you know, that other companies would come in and start building frames you know, uh, back in the old days, in the 250Rs, when they did it, you had Lagers, you had Rolls, you had Errands, you had HomeStar. Um, and I know I'm forgetting a couple other guys. Um, so you had multiple different frame and ARM builders. And it was great because at the end of the day, going through the bumps, they're side yeah. by side. Totally different theories and technologies actually going through the bumps at the same speed working incredibly good. So Mike probably doesn't want the competition, but, uh, I think competition is good. I really do.
1: Yeah. Um, competition definitely makes things better, helps the sport grow to be, um, faster, better, you know, all that stuff and possibly get more, um, more sponsors and stuff in there to help out.
0: Exactly. Sponsors are everything, which you well know. And I know as well. Uh, have you gotten any reaction and any response from the press conference?
1: Um, I'm not quite sure. Um, I think it was a really awesome thing. And I think it really did help us out a lot to us being the younger class that um, was in the press conference, the pro sport class. I think that really helped us to learn and get like, um, our names and ourselves out there. So I think that was a really good thing.
0: As far as what I mean is has anybody asked you about it or, you know, commented that you were in it.
1: Oh yeah. A few different people at the track told me like they watched it, they saw it and like that they thought, thought I did good. Excellent.
0: Have any of your friends in school seen anything like that or know anything about your racing career?
1: Um, I haven't talked to any of my friends at school since school ended, but they they know I race and stuff, but they don't really know like how serious it is to me and that I'm like this big into it. Like they 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 know I'll like leave, miss some school for races and stuff, but I don't really tell them like, oh yeah, you know, I'm I race pro sport, I'm being pretty decent in it and everything. So they 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 just think I'm just riding for fun, gonna, gonna go ride and stuff, but yeah.
0: Okay. So I got to ask this question. I've asked everybody else. What do you do in the wintertime?
1: Oh, in the winters up by us, we get tons of snow. So I'm really, really big into that snowmobiling. Uh got a snow cross sled. So ride a little bit of snow cross on the motocross track. We're gonna build a snow cross track this year. And then trail ride sleds a lot. Oh, and I also snowboard a lot too.
0: So you don't go south to train?
1: I do, but we, we usually leave in like February, maybe mid January, and we'll only be down there for like three days at a time, fly home, then like sit, stay, stay at home for like two, three weeks, fly back down for a couple of days ride, and then come back just with, uh, work and school and everything. It's super hard to miss, miss that much time, and, you know, stay down there as long as I would like to, but, um, I don't know. I really like, The winners up here riding everything, so that's that's fun to me and all. But it'd be nice to stay down south and be able to do online school. That way, I won't have to worry about that. And then just stay down there, ride, train, do all that stuff down there.
0: You're you're talking about Deckers, right? Yep, yep. Every everybody talks about Deckers.
1: Oh yeah, that place is a place that's awesome. What the Deckers have made and got down there. Like it's insane from the first year we went down there to last year, like all the huge improvements that they made that they have made and how great people they are. Like everyone's so friendly, so awesome. You know, that's where all the top guys are riding at. So it's super good for, um, people like me who is, is not a pro yet to go down ride there with faster people learn from them. And it's just a super cool atmosphere down there.
0: Do you take a mechanic with you when you go down?
1: Uh, Usually my dad and my mechanic Leon come and then we'll all fly home once um it's time to go back.
0: Yeah. I talked to Leon today a little bit. I like him. He's a good dude.
1: Oh yeah. Leon's, Leon's awesome. He's got, he's got everything figured out. He's so into the sport, which is awesome. And like me and him work super good together. Like he'll come to the line with me. He knows how to like keep me calm, keep my heart rate down, stuff like that. So he he really really helps out that way, and he's he's a super awesome person. We like him a lot.
0: When he got when he got off at Briarcliff, did that affect you for the next day?
1: Um, yeah. Um, obviously we were super worried about Leon because he was he stayed the night in the hospital, so we were we were really worried that it may not have been good and um that kind of got me a little worried and then I think I think I went out and won my first one and then my second pro sport moto I had a different guy come to the gate with me and like me and him work super good together we're super uh good buddies and stuff but it wasn't the same as Leon so hopefully hopefully that never happens again to Leon
0: does it? Does he always race every race with you guys? Oh uh,
1: yeah, he he tries to. Which now that he got hurt, he's unable to. But he usually races one one or two races a weekend.
0: Really? Does, yep. Is there? Do you see a conflict?
1: Not not too much. Um, he his motos are either like way before mine or like one after mine so he's always got time to be up there and help out with stuff
0: nice nice maybe when you get into the pro class he won't be able to race but but until then
1: yeah yes if if i get into the pro class maybe we'll have to move leon up to pro-am that way he'll be able to run on sunday all by himself
0: Uh, poor Leon. Yeah. I, I got to go up. What do you mean? I got to go up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the uh, I apologize. The gentleman that was helping you guys out also that, that it was at your trailer when I was there in Briarcliff, I I forgot his name.
1: Oh, um, that his name is John stump. He's a super awesome guy from Minnesota. He comes with another guy who we take his bike and stuff. David gay. He works on his stuff. And then since um now unfortunately got hurt he helped out with a lot of my stuff which was really awesome of him.
0: yeah he's a good guy like i like talking to both of them you know they were giving me their insights on how they build machines and what they do and and yeah uh, it, it was a lot of a lot of fun to hang out at your guys's at your guys's trailer because they were engaging and and explaining what, what they're doing and your dad was standing there listening to us and I would talk to him as well. And yeah, yeah. It, it was a lot of fun.
1: I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. That's good. They're both super awesome people.
0: Yeah. That that's one of the things that, you know, when we raced back there years ago, it was, uh, there were great people. Don't get me wrong, but we were flag orientated or team oriented and we didn't okay. mingle as much. And you know, the pros don't intermingle that much on Saturday at all. But on oh, Friday, yeah. you see them talking to one another. And 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 you know, I, I wasn't there that I wasn't there on Sunday, so I couldn't see anything. But yeah. you don't see the same division in everybody.
1: Oh yeah, that's it's crazy because my dad, another reason why he wanted to go to a motocross instead of a snow cross when he wanted me to start riding in Snowcrossy all got clicks. Like people don't really get out much and like talk to new people. But if you go to a uh, ATV motocross race, like everyone's like super good friends with everyone. It's it's not as like uh clicky or um there's not as many like just groups where people don't get out and like talk to other people.
0: Right. And I noticed how friendly everybody was um in all classes. You know it it was great you know even the, the young the young kids dads were all talking with one another and and you you like that because that's going to help the the sport grow because everybody's not so cutthroat that you know they're against um yeah. that, that guy beat me like you know a, a wheel I gotta yeah. spend you know forty thousand dollars to beat him now you know it's, it's yeah they're over there cheering each other's kids on and it was a great environment I, I really enjoyed it
1: yeah, that's a super good thing about this sport. Everyone's pretty good friends with everyone's. No one's got like super super big rivals with each other or anything, and everyone just gets along pretty good.
0: Yeah, that's that, that, that that's great that you guys can keep the sport that way. I hope all of you guys stay friends, um, and and are able to the ones that can transfer into the pro class. You know, because I know Dane and and Blair both wanted to expose. <laughs> And they have yes. aspirations of championships as well. And a couple of other guys I haven't got to talk to, as you know, but but I will, uh, you know, time is on my side, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. The overall process of, of becoming more advanced in the sport, you know, there's a, a whole education process you, you're going to go through. And when you, are sitting back and looking at the teams and looking at the pros, which one is your guy that you take most of your time with to help elevate your game?
1: Do you mean like watching or like talking to and like, both, both. both? Okay. um, Obviously Joel, we're on the same team, him and another guy that we're super close with is Max Lundquist. He's from Wisconsin too. He'll come up to my track and ride all the time. We try to ride together a lot and he teaches me so many new things. He's such a smart kid. Like he, he just so knowledgeable about the sport. Well, he's had a great, he has a great mentor. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chad mentor m- mentoring him that helps him out a lot. And like now Max helping me out a little bit, that helps me a lot. So it's a, it's pretty cool.
0: Are you and Joel? When you guys, I, I didn't see you and Joel hanging out that much together. Um, uh, is there times when you guys get to go test together or uh, develop the, the the Phoenix stuff together?
1: Oh yeah, down in Florida we rode we rode a little bit, and then um, right when we got onto the Yamaha, when Joel was coming off the um, Honda going to the Yamaha, the day right after. Uh, Sob, It would have been the Monday after we rode there, tested out his Yamaha, both of us did. And that was, that was pretty awesome seeing him from just, you know, two days apart being on a Honda, than a Yamaha and his lap times were, his lap times were faster, which is crazy.
0: Yeah, that's, that is crazy to transition. Well, a true, a traditional pro a real pro can get off one machine, get on another machine and you almost can't tell the difference with, the, with, you know, adjusting the levers, maybe some shock adjustments, and then they're dialed in and ready to go. So.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Like Joel, he just looked so natural, just right away, just super fast lap times, like super natural, just like his regular self, which is awesome.
0: Yeah. Did, did you try to ride a Honda at all? Or was it always <laughs> hybrid in the Yamaha?
1: Um I had a Honda to practice on. It was Ronnie Higgerson's pro bike. And that bike was super fun. I liked a lot. They actually changed the date of the last race when I was on 250s because I was 15 at the time. I was supposed to be 16 by the last race. So I was gonna run a 450 and I was gonna run on Honda. But then they they changed the date and moved it back a little. So I was sadly unable to race um, a Honda which i think would have been really fun to ride a Honda at a national i don't know i think it would have been pretty cool
0: have you ever thought about just bringing it out at the level you're at and trying it out
1: Uh, we, we sold it unfortunately but i think just right writing something new is always fun it it is do you do
0: any two wheeler stuff where you ride motorcycles at all
1: ah uh, n- not really um that's actually I guess what I kind of started on. My mom got me a little dirt bike um, from a garage sale when I was like three, four, probably. And I rode it like once, crashed pretty bad, and then she said, "Nope, you're done." So that—that's where the four wheels came in. <laughs> uh,
0: moms and crashing.
1: <laughs> oh yeah,
0: yeah. That's that's too funny. That is too funny. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get over that one. Uh, <laughs> When I was learning how to ride, um, we have two big trees down in the bottom of the property and they were just little, they were sucklings, you know, maybe yes. an eight and a half around and learning how to ride the the clutch bike at first, you know, first day down the hill, round the turn, ram right into the tree. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I get it. Uh, we raced, we, we rode two wheelers, three wheelers, and then transitioned into the four wheelers. So there there were no, there were three wheelers, the seventies and the nineties. So we had a good mix of everything when I was a kid.
1: Yeah. 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 I think that'd be something I'd like to try riding as a dirt bike, but I don't know, just kind of expensive, you know, right now. So I think if I ever got the chance to ride one, it'd be pretty cool. How much
0: is a snowmobile?
1: Oof. You can get like from a $1,000 to like $26,000. Like they're building, they're building sleds that are like 300 horsepower, like crazy turbo, supercharged sleds. Like they're, they're crazy fast. And it's like zero to a hundred like that, like super fast.
0: Is there a place to ride them?
1: Oh yeah. There's public trails out by us that are like super nice, uh, maintained. There's like, we could get all the way to like Canada from where I am on a snowmobile. Like we can just go everywhere in the winter.
0: That's so insane. Yeah, much, okay. Let me ask you this. Now you've got my, now you got me intrigued here. How much difference between riding a snowmobile and riding a quad? What's the, what's the big difference?
1: It's, it's way different riding a snowmobile. It feels almost more like if like you're riding like a dirt bike, it feels closer to a dirt bike than a quad. Cause like when you're in deep powder and stuff, you got to like carve lean into it and stuff and like lay the sled down and stuff. And like, it, I don't know. I feel like it's closer to a bike than a quad.
0: Does it scare you riding in the snow that there might be something underneath there that you're going to hit? Um,
1: yeah. Once in a while, you know, I'll hit a little something, but it's usually not too bad, but um, yeah, try to, trying not to hit stumps like that's a that's a main thing so
0: if you're trying not to hit them how do you know they're there
1: <laughs> I don't know. you can't you can't really tell on um the land that we got here we got quite a bit of land where i live so i'll go like get the stumps out and stuff before winter clean all of it up so it's pretty decent like i know that in most spots i won't hit stumps
0: Well, that's, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you make a track so that you can actually train, um, on, on this, on the sled?
1: Oh yeah. We got a snow groomer. So this year I'm actually going to dump all the snow from our property, just push it all in the field so I can groom it with a, a snow groomer, make jumps and stuff. But otherwise I've been riding my motocross track, but it's, it's not the same as if it was built out of snow. Cause you hit a rock on a sled, the front carbide, like will shoot one way. So like, you'll, you'll fly off the jump. It's like, it's a little sketchy, but it's still a lot of fun.
0: So you've jumped your sled on your motocross track.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. all all the time when I ride, I'll hit most of the jumps out there.
0: That is insane.
1: Yeah. I, I got
0: some video and some photos from Doug Gust you know, up in the snow. Yeah. And I, and I just couldn't believe that he could do all that. I mean, I think he's in his fifties and he's still riding and still having a great time, you know, still fast too, from what I hear.
1: Yeah. That's, that's awesome that, you know, he's still riding and still like in the sport. So that's, that's really cool.
0: Oh, so many of those guys you know, can still throw down. It's, it's pretty
1: awesome stuff. Oh yeah. That's, that's really cool.
0: Cool. Cool. Jaden, I want to thank you so much for giving me some time. I know we had a little bit of trouble connecting versus your schedule, my schedule, and I always want to make sure that I extend an invitation for you to come back. Sweet.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on.
0: The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience. Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs. And Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs